Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester, and with me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm excited to be, I don't know if this is the first one we're doing or second or what order we're releasing them in, but I'm excited to be back to, you know, the original purpose of this podcast instead of just talking about... The original purpose of this podcast, meaning, yeah, you trashing Teddy Bridgewater? I, that's like our, that's our goal, but it's not really like why we started it. Yeah. Yeah, so we are here today to uh, preview the NFC North, and uh, as part of our 32 fans in 32 days, we have fans from each team of the NFC North. Uh, I'm the only Vikings fan today. We kicked out the other one just because we thought there'd be uh, too many talking heads on one podcast. But uh, to discuss the Chicago Bears, we have a longtime listener and a previous guest, Ari Gleischer. Ari, you are on Twitter, at Ari Gleischer, and uh, how's it going today? It's going great. It's going great. But first, I got to call you guys out because this whole podcast is like a really good concept, which is you're going to have these 32 fans. You're going to interview them. You'll get the perspective of everyone's team. It'll probably be inflated. And that's a good idea. But then you get burned yourselves out because I subscribe to you guys because I want it to be good and have the subscription. And then I wouldn't look at it for a while. Then I'd look and it'd be like part three of five on the top 100 TV show jingles or something like that, which told, <laughs> yeah. and now you guys are too burnt out to actually do the podcast that you're supposed to do. We have to like reinvigorate ourselves. You're right. Cause like, that's why I, I you over chestered it. This is, de- this is definitely not a Kiva's doing. This is definitely yours. Knowing you, no, I, every, better. I think every show other a than lot of those ideas were Kiva's. Every every idea except for 100 Greatest NBA Players, which I was very much against because it was not basketball season, um, was <laughs> Well, was, I was pushing uh, it during basketball season, idea. but we had to finish the seven parts of like the movies. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. The 100 Greatest Movies, 100 Greatest TV Shows, um, and uh, and the Greatest Living American Bracket really took up our entire NFL season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're doing it at 5 a.m. Anyway, you, it's good. good. It's but, good to be here. But I, again, I was telling the guys before we went on the air... We had way more listeners for those shows than we did for the really in-depth, like, smart NFL shows we did last year. So maybe the the key is just nonsense. That's what people want. Exactly. (laughs) Akiva's uh, blurb on Deadspin said, Akiva is the co-host of the uh, best Seinfeld podcast and the 147th best NFL podcast. So It was mostly just to annoy Chester. (laughs) You're going places. You're going places. Real quick, real quick, Akiva, did you read that transcript for the uh, for the nine eleven Seinfeld yeah. episode? Yeah, that yeah. was pretty wonderful. Pretty wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. It was so dark. Um, 
I, I only briefly alluded to it because I wasn't sh- sure how comfortable my co-host would be with talking about it. You know, we're both New Yorkers. Um, I think um, it was really well done. He nailed the voices of just about everybody. I thought the best line mm-hmm. was the halal vendor line. Uncle Leo's like halal. Yeah. <laughs> that cousin. cousin Jeffrey. T- yeah. <laughs> but it was it was so it was so good. Uh, the ending was a little bit of a mess, honestly. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe just on paper. Maybe just on paper. Maybe if I saw it, it would make more sense. Like just ca- <laughs> recognizing the sneeze was a little bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, spo- yeah. Spoiler alert for the fake 9-11 Seinfeld episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for uh, asking about that. Yep. <laughs> Akeem, I don't have. I don't think you have to worry about actually seeing it being made. That's uh, <laughs> go out on a limb here. Um, all right, so uh, so that's Ari for the Bears uh, here to discuss the Detroit Lions. We have Case Dillon from the Detroit Lions podcast, uh, which is uh, on your favorite podcast app, and also DetroitLionsPodcast.com, which has additional original content in addition to the podcast. Case, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how's it going? Um, I actually I have a question for you. I probably should have asked before we Uh-oh. got started on this. Um, are you guys? What's your tolerance level for language? Because oh, I thought oh. I thought I'm pretty loose. The N-word. Like, I was gonna be like, all right, no, 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 no. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can say, you're, you're allowed to curse. You're allowed to curse. Okay, the, fact, okay. the fact that Gleischer hasn't said fuck yet is actually yes. okay. Well, there we go. I don't know if you noticed. Like, I haven't like, dropped a single like... f bomb on any of these podcasts. <laughs> oh, I'm very impressed. You got. You, but you did get us. You did get us very nervous when you started. Nervous, question, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys is that the This is for this is for Trump supporters only, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we're moving on. And then, um, and yeah. here for the Packers, uh, we have Jeremy Vander Linden. Uh, Jeremy's from TattletownSoundOff.com. And uh, Jeremy, you're on Twitter at uh, TTSO underscore Jeremy. And uh, the blog is on Twitter at Titletown Sound. Is that correct? Yes, sir. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, you guys might have to uh, rename your uh, both your, your city and your blog because uh, Aaron Rodgers is stuck on one. And it looks like, uh, well, well, we'll get we'll get there. But um, <laughs> I, I have a very vested interest. Every time something ridiculous happens to the Packers, like that game against the Cardinals last year, I, uh, I savor it. And I'm sure the Bears fan and the Lions fan agree. Yep. So, yeah, so, so let's, let's get rolling. And uh, we'll jump in with, uh, with the 2015 6-10 Chicago Bears. Yeah, so, yeah. Ari, tell us, uh, you know, last year we talked a lot about uh, would it be Jay Cutler's last year or would they re-up Jay Cutler? Well, they re-up Jay Cutler. So tell us, is this offense... Well, they didn't. Let me let me collect, correct that. They didn't re-up him at all. They have control well, over him at yeah, that yeah. contract. Yeah, but what I'm saying um, is but, but they're, they're recommitted to him, right? But but they're not. At the same time, they're not. Like, they are for this year only. But if they want to get rid of him after this year, there is no cap penalty whatsoever. Okay, Every so year for the next talk, five years. Let's talk about 2016. So... They lost Matt Forte, obviously. Yes. Uh, hopefully you have Kevin White back, who obviously didn't get on the field last year, and Alshon Jeffrey, who was banged up most of the year. So is this offense going to be better or worse than last year? Tell me, baby, Their offense, I would guess, is going to be worse. And you didn't even mention the big one, which is that uh, Martelli is Bennett. And between Bennett and Forte, they lose a lot of those like sort of like emergency pass options, those little uh, escape valves that they they use a lot. I mean, those guys both really ran their passing game when 
uh, Alshon was injured. And I don't know, Alshon gets hurt every year. So, I, you know, if he gets hurt this year, they really are light. They lost their center today. Um, I'm not even going to try. I've been calling him the center out of Oregon for the last two years because it's it's a tough name to pronounce. You're pretty psyched um, that he tore his ACL just so you don't have to book Yeah, tore his ACL, yes. And so... You know, it was you never already know. a bad offensive line even before they lost their starting. No, side. they well they got they got Bobby Massey, um, and then they were moving Football long Focus back. Has you guys with the thirtieth best offensive line heading into the season? It's so. not you. <laughs> listen, their offensive line is better this year than it was last year. There's no question heading into the season. That's one of the areas where they improve. But losing Forte and losing Bennett is just I don't think they're gonna. I think they'll be a little bit worse. Is Jay Cutler going to be the starter in December, barring injury? I definitely. I mean, I unless you're unless, asking Gleisher that question like 2019. That's that's what I was sort of getting at last year. There, this Jay Cutler question is going to be on the table for a while. This is the year where it seems the least on the table. He really did a good job with the offense last year. And conveniently enough, it was the first year where as a bear, they rolled him out and they had him using his legs a little bit more and they didn't get suckered into throwing it deep. But now they don't have a running game as much as they used to. They don't have those little escape passes. They only have two burners in terms of Alshon and Kevin White. So I could see them having their usual Jay Cutler issue where they start throwing the ball deep. And then, uh, you know, he's going to throw picks. He'll make bad choices. So hopefully he'll stay within the offense again like he did last year. And I think he'll be fine. Isn't the biggest curse in the NFL having like the 17th? Uh, you know, best quarterback every year and having Cutler be too good to ditch, but not good enough to really like bring you to the Super Bowl. Uh, um, I mean, as a Jets fan, like most Jets fans I know, we'd cut off like both of our pinky toes to have Cutler. But Ryan right. Fitzpatrick last year basically was Cutler. Right. But but Fitzpatrick had like 15 dropped INTs that when they don't get dropped this year, he's not Cutler anymore. I mean, no, he looks point, like, like kind of what Cutler is, though, isn't he? Like, yeah, yeah but are, are you guys in pur- are you guys like in purgatory? I mean, I, I we definitely asked you this exact question last year. But are you guys? I still- think I I think I said last year we're in purgatory. But I saw some of the makings of how this could work, and that is if they use Cutler in this weird way. Because you think of Cutler throwing all these picks, but you can run a modified. They essentially ran because their defense was so bad last year. They had no middle linebackers to speak of, and they're getting torched. So the first drive that everyone else would do on the Bears would be a touchdown for sure. Bears would come back, and the rest of the game, they would control time of possession. They actually had, for their record, they were a 6-10 team. They didn't have, they didn't even run the ball that often. They were losing in a lot of games, and they still were 12th in time of possession, which means that they were they were really controlling the clock through short passes and Cutler running for first downs. And if they can do that and they keep building their defense in a way that I think they're going to, because um, I, I like a lot of the moves they made on defense, y- you can see the blueprint there um, for something that's possible. But what's the core of this team, Ari? Like, what 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 are you rebuilding around other than your mediocre quarterback? Like, what's the core of the Bears? The core of the Bears is clearly going to be their defense. They're building a core that's now. Too vague. Like, w- give me names. Pass rushing. And I know that it seems like, oh, what is that pass rushing? Well, they come at you with a bunch of guys. So now they signed Akeem Hicks. Pernal McPhee, I looked this up before, like in terms of pass rushing situations, he had one of the highest success percentages of anyone in football. Um, Dan, uh, not Trevason, but Lamar Houston was like top five in that list. 
You look at they have good inter. It's really going to be their front seven. Uh, but the way that they get pass rush, I, they signed, they drafted Leonard Floyd. They traded up to get Leonard Floyd. He's going to be a pass rush specialist. So their whole defense is going to be designed around getting to the quarterback in a variety of different ways, which is what the Niners used to do. And that's uh, their defense coordinator also like ran the, the Niners deep before that whole thing combusted. Um, so I think they're just going to be about just finding different ways within the 3-4 to get to the quarterback, which has also been enjoyable because – now when I play with them in Madden, they now have a 3-4 defense, which the Bears have never had in my life. And it's just it looks like it confuses teams. Like they get to the Wait, quarterback from different wanna, angles. I just want to chime in. Do they have a 3-4 defense in real life yeah. or just in Madden? And you want to add that in? No, in real okay. in real okay. life. Oh, I didn't it, just convert it. No, they have okay. this real. And, and it's the first time in my entire life that they've actually had a 3-4. So it's very interesting to see the angles of which that they're coming from. It's not necessarily from the end positions. They're getting it from their outside linebackers. And the pass rush from their outside linebackers was actually pretty successful last year. And they've doubled down on it in a lot of ways with the drafting of Floyd. And now they actually have, and signing Akeem Hicks, who I know while he's a defensive end, you're just going to get more outside pressure that way. Um, and then they added the middle linebackers, too, who could actually play defense. Like, they had basically a guy who they drafted as a defensive end slash tackle playing middle linebacker last year. And it didn't work. So... Maybe putting real NFL players in those positions like uh, Terrell Freeman and Danny Trevathan. Um, I think they're going to be much better on defense. And they have a ton of cap room moving forward. They didn't really burn all their cap space. Last year was really a purge of all their dead money. Um, and they just they got rid of dudes. And now they have, they have space. So I don't think they're there this year. But Cutler is just mediocre enough that with a insane defense i mean he can using the using it differently but he can actually paint manning his way to super bowl the way that manning did manning was pretty terrible and they won with him right so if you guys have the best defense in nfl history you're saying you guys might win the super bowl <laughs> i'm saying maybe possibly if okay. we have the best of all time got yeah it. got it like if the, <laughs> if the other team literally can't pass the ball then you guys have a chance okay Okay, you've talked a little bit about, you know, the the improved pass rush and that that 3-4, you know, some of the guys they added like Akeem Hicks, but the secondary still looks like it has a lot of problems. The secondary is going to be terrible. <laughs> it's going to be really bad. So they're, they're not let's, let's they're not there this the year. Prediction, I think, a little bit. <laughs> so uh, overall, is the defense going to be better or worse than last season? Defense is going to be better because you don't understand what we had back there last year and what we had in the inside linebacker positions. And now they're they've improved both those positions, they've improved the front line. But there's still gaping holes, you know, there again, but they have that cap space. This is a bigger rebuild. So this is this is passing league. It's not a big deal. Not that. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm sure. Well, hopefully they can just get to the quarterback in time that they, Mm. you know, at least deflect some of these balls and do some damage. Like last year, their best defense was hanging on to the ball on offense, which is not great because they didn't have a very good offense either. So. All right, let's let's move over. Let's move over to the second worst team in the division uh, last season, and the Detroit Lions. By the way, can I just say, Akiva, it's yeah. kind of surprising that the Lions were finished third in the division because everybody remembers them, you know, headed to like two or three wins, and then all of a sudden they pulled off all those wins in November, December, yeah. which was only hurting their draft stock. Yes, I have forgotten that they had finished ahead of the Bears. The six and two finish. I mean, <laughs> well, they yeah, had that really <laughs> big game at the end of the season to help the Bears draft pick and and have the Lions have a little yeah. bit of a harder yeah. schedule. No, but I mean, if you look at a six and two finish to a year, 
there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic going forward, you know, when that when that kind of thing happens. So I mean, I I'm not necessarily predicting the Lions are going to make the playoffs this year, but I have them somewhere in the 8 to 9 win range. I don't have them losing ground unless uh, there's there's been a few news items out recently about uh, potential injuries uh, that could be long-term injuries to both DeAndre Levy and, and Eric Ebron. And if those are true, then my uh, optimism is definitely uh, not Isn't Ebron right. so overrated, though? He was. I mean, look, okay, with Ebron, you're never going to have – he's never going to be worth the pick he was taking in the draft. That's just right. – you're never going to get him worth the number 10 pick. But if you look at his progress from year one to year two and you look at the amount of time that he missed due to very in, various injuries, this year looks like a huge year for him in terms of potential breakout. Like, like take him as your second tight end in fantasy, assuming he comes through whatever he's going through right now. If you're uh, in which, a two which tight end league. We just sure. heard a couple days ago is, you know, we, we don't really know what's going on, but yeah, we don't really know what's going on. So if he's going to miss significant time, ignore any of this, but like, right. <laughs> but, by the way, guys, ignore everything we're saying, even no matter what he ever. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, and Akiva, to be fair to Eric Ebron, if he never catches another pass, he's still one of the best top ten receiver picks in Lions history. I mean, he's ahead of Charles Rogers, he's ahead <laughs> of Mike Williams. True. So yeah, I won't argue with that. Um, I want to talk about Stafford for a second. Yeah, do it. Uh, you know, people very quietly, uh, you know, on the seven and nine team. He put up pretty monster numbers, you know, 32 TDs, the 13 picks. Wait, hold on, hold on. Akiva, he had the worst season. He had his worst graded out season since his rookie year, according to Pro Football Focus. So let, let's look beyond like Well, those, no, those big okay, numbers. so you're saying that. I mean, he completed well over, you know, over two-thirds of his passes where he had not <laughs> he had not been, uh, you know, particularly active quarterback. So are you on Team Keeve or Team Chester in terms of Matt Stafford? <laughs> <laughs> I'm somewhere in the middle, so uh, which, which is normal for me. Um, but... Uh, Here's the thing, like, he was coming. I don't, I don't think there's a franchise quarterback, and by franchise quarterback, you know, it, the, the definition of that may be a little bit of vague, but mm. I don't think there's a franchise quarterback in the league who's had a worse uh, supporting cast since he came into the league than Matthew Stafford is. But, but, yeah, I mean, Calvin, yeah, Calvin Johnson, An not immortal a wide receiver. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but even beyond Calvin Johnson, what other I – mean, I mean, there's Golden Tate the last two years, but what other you know, mm-hmm. Lions receivers can you name? Uh, what, what Lions running backs can you name that, that actually had any success? Mm-hmm. What Lions defense – you know, they had one year as a good defense – one year as a good team, but but I mean that's all that's all it, not not the point. Joe Lombardi was probably the worst offensive coordinator in the league, mm-hmm. and he was with the team for a year and a half. They canned him. They they switched over to uh, Jim Bob Cooter, uh, it, which I hope that you know boosts your boosts your ratings on this show. But um, <laughs> we're they big switched Jim over Bob to Jim Bob Cooter. Right, right, right. He, he got the job for 2016. Right, he's the, he's the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, he immediately – there's a bit of a debate within the fan base because the schedule did get easier in the second half of the year. But the amount of shift – the amount of shift – because if you look at Stafford in the first half of the year compared to the second half of the year, it's just outrageous the kind of change we saw. And, and what is the one most significant factor in that change? And I think it's Jim Bob Cooter. 
And yeah, so and to be fair, I think you're right. right. To be fair, I'm looking at the pro football focus numbers. The first half of the year, he was the lowest yes. rated quarterback in the yes. NFL. The second half of the year, he was actually eighth highest yes. overall. Yes. So on the season, he, you know, in the season, he was in the 20s, but it was really a, a tale of two halves. So you're so you're you're looking towards maybe somewhere in the middle, but closer towards the second. Half. Right. And and okay. So let's get back to Kelvin Johnson for just a second because I know he's leaving, and I, I know that that sucks for the offense uh, the offense uh, in terms of their wide receiver situation. But that said, the Lions uh, uh, once again, assuming that Eric Ebron is healthy, the Lions are going into this season with better wide receiver wide receiver depth uh, beyond you know the top two guys than maybe they've had ever in Stafford's career. The only other year that he had good depth at the wide receiver position and was able to, you know, give the ball to more than one or maybe two guys was 2011, and he had a fantastic year in 2011. And I think that's important. Uh, let's switch over to the defense for a second. Uh, you said the Lions have only had a, a good defense once in the whole Stafford tenure. Yeah. Uh, which, even though he's 28, is entering year eight of the uh, Stafford yeah. experiment now. Um, so let's talk about, it. do you think the defense has improved? Uh, you know, what in particular, like you excited or, 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 uh, nervous about? Well, I'm super excited about the cornerbacks actually. Uh, Darius Slay, I think is, is an up and comer. I, I expect him to be somewhat of a household name, uh, somewhat recognized a pro bowl player, that kind of thing after this year. Uh, the, the extension for him this off season was exactly what I had been saying that they needed to do. Uh, so that was a big, you know, I, I was patting myself on the back when they did that. But um, uh, both Quandre Diggs, the nickel cornerback, who is just a second-year player this year, and Nevin Lawson, who uh, is the opposite of, of Darius Slay, uh, are both guys who are very young. One, uh, Nevin's a third-year player. Uh, both guys, I think, are coming up big and um, going to significantly continue to improve. Quandre Diggs had a great year as a, as a rookie filling in after, uh, after some injuries to our secondary. Nevin Lawson, while not certainly not an elite cornerback, uh, is, is definitely coming along. So I, I'm super excited about the secondary with uh, where they're at this year. Let's move on to the second-place team in the division, which shockingly was not the Minnesota Vikings. We're talking <laughs> Green Bay Packers. And, and, and Case and Jeremy, you guys are new. Uh, last October, when I said I thought the Vikings could, I didn't say would, but could win the division, Akiva said, and I quote, and I know it because uh, we've quoted several times, that is literally the most insane thing you have ever said in your entire life. <laughs> so yeah, Akiva's still in shock that the uh, Packers did not win the division. Well, listen, nobody anticipated, nobody anticipated Aaron Rodgers becoming human again. So that's what I want to ask our Packers fan here. Um what is wrong or what was wrong with Aaron Rodgers? Are you confident it's fixed? Obviously, it's the big, biggest question on the team. Was it just an offensive issue? And, and you know, they never really, uh, you know, fixed the, the wide receiver problem that was, you know, that started from basically uh, the preseason when they started losing guys. Like, what, what, what went wrong and, and is it going to be fixed? Well, unfortunately, it was like a mix of everything that could be bad was bad last year. So... Aaron Rodgers had his moments, his footwork was poor, uh, and he made some poor decisions. And throughout the season, there, there were times when you were questioning, like, where is Aaron Rodgers? When is he going to flip the switch? Because a guy that plays at that level is a guy that can flip the switch and turn it on at any time. And, and Packers fans waited for that. Uh, but bigger than Aaron Rodgers 
to me was the offense. The offensive scheme was the biggest issue because the Packers had actually transitioned from using their traditional West Coast offense to going more Don Coriel and, you know, playing deep, playing outside the numbers, using a lot of isolation routes. And the wide receivers struggled to get open all season. And with Jordy Nelson being out, it was, you know, let's let's double Randall Cobb and let the rest of these suckers try to get open. And, and it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. So what happened last year with the offense, I think, was an anomaly because things are changing. Mike McCarthy said in the offseason that they want to get back to the basics. Now, I don't know for certain what back to the basics is, but I can tell you what I think it is. I think they're going to be going back towards that traditional West Coast offense, more combination routes, scheming to get guys open, not depending on these guys who proved last year they could not get open on isolation routes, not depending on these guys to to do that. So I think this year the Packers offense swings back the other direction. You start to see Aaron Rodgers uh, back to back to form. Uh, and, and you have to expect that. I mean, it, it's Aaron Rodgers – Anyone in anyone in the league, any fan of any team in the league will tell you he is the best in the league. If not, if he's not the best, he's he's right up there within the top three. You got to think that this is a guy that's going to bounce back. The Packers adjusting their offense can be a, a big part of that. What about at running back? Are we getting fat Eddie Lacy? We we kind of are. He never really he hasn't gotten back to that weight that he started at. So. You know, Lacey's down from about two tons to one ton, so he's still slimmer, but he's not the slimmest Eddie Lacey the Packers have ever had. I do think that he's going to have a solid season. I'm not expecting him, you know, to light the world on fire, but I think that he's going to earn a decent contract. It's still a question for me as to whether or not he'll still be in Green Bay next year. You know, look at looking at this guy and the talent that he has, the way that he let his team down and, and, and the way that he came in so fat last year, I mean... He wasn't just fat. He was playing up past like 260. It was massive. He was just huge. Um, Eddie Lacy needs to have a big season to make up for what happened last year. Now, he's going to be coming up on a contract. If he has a really good season, I don't know that the Packers can afford to, to give him a second contract. Uh, with all the offensive line guys, you know, most of the There's starters not going to be a huge line, market. There's not going to be a huge market for a 300-pound running back, no matter what he does this year. He's not going to be 300 pounds. I I think that he continues on with the thing that he's doing, and he, and he gets even better for the following season. And I think he's going to have a good year. I don't know that I would take him in the first round of fantasy ever again, because I'm not going to trust that pick. Uh, but with the guys they have to pay, I don't know that they can even give him an average contract. Is, they, is there a plan B if, if he doesn't work? Because there aren't a lot of names on the roster. I mean, no. star, you know, an aging James Starks, who's one of the oldest running backs in the league. Like, wh- right. where and exactly is uh, the backup situation? Starks has never Starks has never been a guy that I that that I've trusted. When they give him a bigger role, he tends to get hurt or he starts to fumble the ball. That's not a direction that I would want to go. You're looking at possibly the draft, uh, possibly uh, free agency. Well, no, I mean I for say, this. I mean for this year. I'm not talking oh, about for the 2017. This year. Good, good lord. I don't even I, I I hate the running back group they have this year. Uh, yeah, outside of very, Lacey, on paper it's incredibly unimpressive. Just it's you very it's very it. un, it's it matches up very well to the tight end group. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, James Starks is great in the role that they put him in in that backup role. I, I I like seeing him come off the bench and I think that he does he does well when they don't put a lot of weight on his shoulders. But you can't trust James Starks to be a starter. And mm. outside of that, John Crockett. Uh, I mean, showed some flashes against the Lions. What, he had like 22 yards, uh, 12 touches, but he he made an impression in that game. 
But I don't think John Crockett is going to be, you know, no, anything no, no. to write home about. So yeah, that group is it's it's highly disappointing. But and you you made hold fun on of- hold on are you serious are you listening to yourself you've had the Packers as your team and you have had nothing but Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and last year was your down year you guys were in overtime in the second round of the playoffs Jay Cutler is the best I've ever had by a lot. You are sitting here and you're going nuts about how awful your offense was last year. I've never seen an offense like that. Like, do you realize how good you are? Bears fan. Look, here's the thing. I'm used. I'm used to excellence. The Packers are always fantastic. So if it's not excellent, it's not Packers football. So I know that you. Hold on. Let's talk about that for a second. So coming out of the bye week last, you guys were six and zero, top of the league. uh, You know where you think you belong. The second half of that year was, you know, other than that big win in Minnesota, you know, and then obviously the Vikings got revenge uh, in Green Bay in Week 17, it was a really, really mediocre. It wasn't just that you went 4-6, and six, but, you know, the other than that Vikings game, the, the wins were really unimpressive. Obviously, you had the miracle win against the Lions with the Hail Mary. You beat the uh, the Cowboys when they were down to their, you know, their fifth-string quarterback, etc. And then because of, you know, the silly way the seeding worked in the playoffs, you benefited from playing Washington while, you know, while the Vikings and uh, Seattle destroyed themselves in the cold. And, and look, obviously, you played well against Arizona in that second-round game, but, but for most of the season from November on, it was a really, really disappointing season. So we heard we heard before from Case, who was saying, "Yeah, we started zero and eight, whatever it was, but then we went six and two, and I'm really pointing to that." So, but you're not saying the reverse. You're not looking at that four and six second half. No, I, I don't. You know, momentum's such a funny thing. I I think when the new year starts, a lot of that changes. Uh, the buzz around the team has been pretty good. Now in camp, the offense hasn't really looked that great. However, it's it's camp. It's early in camp. They haven't even played a preseason game yet. You know considering what happened in, in Canton today, that complete embarrassment, uh, they're still waiting to play their first preseason game. So there's there's a long, long road to hoe here. So the Packers offense, I think by the time the season starts, uh, they could start on that uptick towards, towards what they used to be. They were 23rd in the league in total offense last year. That is not something Packers fans are used to seeing. Um, and, and it was... Just like you said, it was the wins that they did have were very uninspired. They were just so boring to watch. It was, and I'm I'm sorry, Bears fans, Lions fans, <laughs> you know, I, and Vikings fans too. You guys have gone through the ringer. I understand, but I'm used to watching Aaron Rodgers light it up and this offense be consistently good. And last year was very very boring at a lot of times. All right, let's talk about the defense for a second. To me, the, the Packers' front seven is very overrated because they have big names like Clay Matthews and B.J. Raji who, who haven't really performed at a, at a high level for a couple of years now. So is this defense, especially that front seven, are they going to be better or are they uh... – Well, Kenny Clark is having a good camp. He's winning all of his one-on-ones. He keeps destroying people. However, when it comes to you know game speed and what that looks like, we still don't know. Having a rookie play nose tackle is a big question mark. Outside of that, you're going to you know bring in Latroy Guyon. I mean – uh, Guyon has been solid, but not exactly a guy that I would be happy with as the starter. Uh, Clay Matthews, I think, moving back to outside linebacker will be a help. I, I'm interested to see if that production goes back up. I don't know if it'll ever hit its peak the way that it, that it was, but I think the transition to being mostly an outside linebacker is going to help with that. Julius Peppers, like 90 years old now. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the defense is a, it's still a big question mark to me. They had a, a decent season last year, and in in comparison to previous years, a really good season. They were 15th in the league in total D. I have not been a fan of Dom Capers. And uh, last year I was forced to kind of shut my mouth a little bit, but we'll see what they do this year. And the way that I look at Dom Capers, uh, I, I call him the turd cheeseburger 
because um, <laughs> the, the way that Dom Capers' defense works, it's like if you go to McDonald's, you know, five times, and three of those five cheeseburgers you got were delicious. They were fantastic, which you were probably drunk if that's the case. Uh, two of those times you got complete turd cheeseburgers. And my question is, when you've eaten a turd cheeseburger, are you going back for another cheeseburger? I'm How not. did you go back for a second cheeseburger but once not, you had the first I, I turd cheeseburger? I, I, I very much like to, like to ask Mike McCarthy and – and the coaching staff, how they want to go back for another turd cheeseburger. So yeah, Mike um, McCarthy strikes me as a turd cheeseburger kind of guy. <laughs> to, he, you know, he is like, well, the first three were delicious. So I think if I can muscle through another turd cheeseburger, we might get back to tasty land. But the problem is there's no guarantee that Dom Capers defense is ever going to be consistent. We've saw, we've seen them do some interesting things. Uh, they've tried to go hybrid with their defense, which, if you look at the personnel that they have, they fit more as a hybrid. They don't really have prototypical outside linebackers outside of Clay Matthews. Uh, they try to do interesting things like that. His playbook is massive. I, rookies have a hard time getting it. Um, I'm just I'm not a big Dom Capers fan, and the issue there is consistency. It's all about consistency. All right, Chester. So let's move this to the uh, away from the you know each team portion of the podcast, and let's start asking our uh, questions we ask every week. So what do we start with? Oh wait, I forgot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about one person. Oh boy. No. Should do you want to ask yourself questions about the Vikings or do I have to ask you questions? How awful is Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah. Okay. No, let's all right. <laughs> Alex. Uh when do you do you think the offense is gonna be better or worse than that? <laughs> You're such a jackass? <laughs> Look, obviously the, the biggest problem with this team was their offensive line, which was a disaster last year. Run blocking was pretty good, but you know, Teddy was under more pressure than any quarterback in the league last year. Obviously, some of that, the fact that they lost both at Arizona and at Denver, and Akiba, we watched that Denver game together, both games the exact same way, which is they were driving for the at minimum game tying field goal and possibly game winning touchdown, and, and Teddy got a strip sack to end the game. A little bit of that's on him. He's holding the ball too long. But the hope is that the team right now has the most expensive offensive line in the NFL. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near the best offensive line in the NFL. But I think it's going to be a lot better than last year. And if that's the case, then I think you know the offense is going to be vastly improved. First of all, you have John Sullivan back there, Pro Bowl starting center, who missed the whole year last year. Although Joe Berger was not bad as his backup, but but adding Sullivan can only help. They added Alex Boone from the 49ers, big free agent signing at guard. They brought in Andre Smith from Cincinnati, who's up and down. You know, we'll, we'll see what he does. But if this offensive line is even a little bit improved, and if Teddy can also become a little more aware of pressure and not have strip sacks, you know, on the last play of the game, you know, when he's playing at the uh, eventual Super Bowl champion and at the uh, probably the third best team in the league last year, I think the offense should be better. My opinion about Adrian Peterson is, is well known, and I'm not a big fan, and I think that the offense is better when he's not on the field. But at, at the worst case scenario, they if they're up seven in the fourth quarter, he can get on the field to, to run the clock out, and he should be able to continue to do that. Just to be clear, because you say well known like you're a celebrity. I don't think I don't think that's the worst case scenario for Adrian Peterson. The worst case scenario is the best case scenario, which is that he doesn't play. Like yeah. to me, I, I, the offense is better when he's not on the field. When Teddy's in a shotgun, they're better. The combined numbers, if you look at the combined numbers that they had from his two backups in 2014, they were like 1,500 yards 
and like 10 touchdowns, which is pretty much what Peterson's going to give you anyway. So Peterson can't pass block. He can't catch the ball, which means he has to come out on third downs anyways. He, he can't really play in a shotgun. He's, his biggest value to this team is, again, when they're winning in the second half, he can run the ball on the other team's throat. And you saw this in a lot of their wins where you know they're up 10 against Oakland, and then he pulls off an 80-yard touchdown, and now they're up 17. So he can turn close okay. wins into blowouts for sure. All right. But, Keep complaining about the best quarter, running back in the NFL win. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's switch to the defense here. Yeah, yeah. Look, the defense is super exciting. Obviously, tons of young guys, tons of talent, tons of depth. Probably, you know, you you like to say this about the Spurs that the Spurs bench would be, you know, like a playoff team in the East. Not this a Spurs year, Spurs fan. Not yeah. this coming in, year. In the past, yes, in general. And I think I think the Vikings defensive bench would probably be not not an above average defense in the NFL, but they they're, they're better than some of the starting defenses in the NFL. They mm-hmm. just have so much depth, which makes up for their lack of stars. Although I think some of these guys, you know, Harrison Smith obviously is already a star. Anthony Barr is, you know, probably already a star, or at least will be this year. You know, Sharif Floyd and Linville Joseph, you're never gonna get too much hype as a defensive tackle unless you're putting up tons of sacks, obviously. Uh Denel Hunter this year and Everson Griffin both are probably gonna get double digit sacks, so maybe they'll get a little more attention. But what I want to see is if the secondary can continue to develop other than Harrison Smith. So Trey Wayne, who they took out of Michigan State last year, the rookie, really didn't play very much. Can he get a bigger role? Because they're relying a lot on Terrence Newman and Captain Munderland, who are you know getting up there in age. So they have Xavier Rhodes on one side, and I think he's going to continue to get better. But if Trey Wayne can emerge at least as a nickel, uh, if not as, as, a, as an every-down cornerback, I think that would be a, a very exciting development. And, of course, we need a kicker who can hit 20-yard field goals. But that's another story. We All don't right. talk about special teams on the podcast. <laughs> okay, so let's let's move on to the uh, to the best in the division segment of the podcast. I'm going to ask you guys a few questions about uh, you know who has the best whatever in the division, and we'll get some rapid fire answer f- rapid fire answers. Um, I think it's a waste of time to ask who has the best quarterback in the division. Is there anyone who argues that Aaron Rodgers is the best QB in the division? What? He's well, awful. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I've, right. heard, I've heard a lot of talk about Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, from- moving. All right, moving on. Um. Okay, uh, I don't. I, I, feel, I feel like the Packers are the best offense and the Vikings are the best defense. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll open that up to questions, but don't argue with me because I want to move on. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I'm not going to really argue. But I do want to. I do want to talk about the coaches because I, I actually am very fascinated by the NFC North coaches. There's two coaches I really like and two coaches I despise in the division. Um, so I just wanted to get instead of asking the best coach, I, I sort of want to get. Uh, 30 seconds from each guy on sort of their opinion on the coach and I'll tell you why you're wrong if uh, you know if you have a different opinion than me uh, so let's let's go backwards order start with uh, Alex and the Vikings look obviously I really like Zimmer what he's done to the defense immediately has has impressed and I think he's the best coach in the division I, I think it's a fast horse in a slow race McCarthy is completely incompetent as we saw in the NFC championship game two years ago he might coach him up in practice but yeah, when it comes to game time decisions he does a, he's a disaster uh, Jim Caldwell, enough said, and John Fox. I think I think he's you know an average NFL coach, but I definitely think Zimmer is the best coach in this division. All right, what about our Packers fan? I, I I can't. I mean, I can't disagree on Mike Zimmer. I like the direction they're going. Uh, that's a team that scares me outside of Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Mike Zimmer is a guy. He's he's got his team going in the right direction. Uh, and you have faith in him as an in-game manager. Zimmer. Who's Zimmer or McCarthy? No, 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 I'm sorry. We're, I'm asking about your coach. McCarthy. Oh. Okay, yes. Good yeah, it's him. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, McCarthy as an in-game manager? Uh, no. I, I like Mike McCarthy. Okay. I think he's a great coach. I, I really do. Uh, however, when it comes to those uh, little moments in the game, timeouts, challenges, 
Like there was a time where he threw a challenge flag and Jordy Nelson had to run and pick it up because it would have gotten a penalty. <laughs> yeah. Like, where, where is Mike McCarthy's head in the middle of a, f- a football game? Uh, it's, it's scary. It's not, I think it's, it's not on those cheeseburgers. It's, it's the cheeseburgers. He's, he's munching on turd cheeseburgers and he's too busy to think about football. I, I do like Mike McCarthy though, and I think he can lead them to another Super Bowl. But man, sometimes there are just huge head scratchers. Like for instance, third and one, let's hand to John Kuhn, because that has worked. Never, ever. It has never worked. So first of all, John Kuhn's gone, so that's good. But that was the that was one of the most frustrating things to see McCarthy do over and over. Let's hand it to John Kuhn on third and short, and it was it would go absolutely nowhere. That's probably the worst one to me. Okay. That's that's worse than his refusal to ever go for it on fourth down with the best quarterback in the world. Even after it clearly cost them the NFC title game two years ago? Yeah, that's pretty bad. There's a lot of things. We can make a long list, but, uh, you know. Uh, What about um, our Lions fan? What do you have to say uh, about Jim Caldwell? (laughs) Uh, If Jim Caldwell doesn't fucking make the playoffs, he's out of the league. So... (laughs) Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Jim Caldwell. Mm. Uh, no, he's he terrible. Is, uh, <laughs> he's pretty awful in-game specifically. The one thing he's good at is motivation. Like he get like yeah. like the players. I feel like, like every 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 NFL coach, uh, every NFL fan thinks that about their coach for the most part. Well, especially the I, coaches I, I who, when that. we see them, look bad. Because if that. they're not good at that, what are they good at? I hear right. That said, there's no, I mean, there, there was a big nobody who's like a tactical genius. Who uh, maybe Chip Kelly. There's nobody right. who's like a tactical genius who's right. bad at motivating the players. Right, right. No, I, I won't Chip, argue with Chip that. Chip Kelly. All I know <laughs> yeah, is I think, yeah. I mean, the, Chip Kelly's an anomaly. The, yeah. the players really stuck up for him, which is mm-hmm. – I, I don't know how much that Usually means. a bad sign. I, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, what I will say is that despite the fact that I don't think very highly of him as a head coach, um, I do think highly of Terrell Austin as our defensive coordinator, and I yeah. might – think highly of Jim Bob Cooter as our offensive coordinator. Let's wait and find out on that one. Like, I'm not, you know, trying to make too big of a prediction. Yeah, listen, there. Terrell Austin might be your coach in October, so. Right, right, Let, right. You know. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. If they if they can Caldwell early this year, I mean, that to me is the obvious, you know, advancement there. But uh, the the other thing that that's happened this offseason is that uh, the Lions have – uh, brought in uh, Bob Quinn, the new general manager, has brought in a lot of guys who are theoretically supposed to kind of take some of the weight off of Jim Caldwell in those game time decision moments. Uh, kind of behind the scene guys that you won't hear about, uh, but guys who who can you know tell them, dude, don't you know, don't pass on third and one, or you know, mm-hmm. uh, if it's fourth and one and you're on the opposing 35 yard line. Just go for it. Yeah, that's that kind never of thing, a good sign. right? Whereas in the past, Jim Caldwell was was you know remarkably conservative in in those kind of areas, which you know anybody who's who really knows uh, you know uh, football stats knows that going ultra conservative in coaching is is you know uh, while it might save your job from moment to moment in the long term, it's probably not a good option. So, right. Um, I, let's just close this segment out with the. Uh with the Ari and the Bears. Uh, what do you think about John Fox? I mean, I really like him. I liked him from when he had, uh, you know, he had Tebow and he had to sort of manipulate the offense around him and he somehow made it work. And I thought he did a good job last year. I mean, that team was really bad. And they went 6-10 and 10 and they were 6-9 and nine at one point. They were competitive in a lot of games. They might have actually won a few if their kicker was better. 
Um, I liked him before, and I liked what I saw from him uh, this past year. And, I mean, there are two coaches in this division who are really, really bad. So it's good to have one of them that's actually decent. Um, okay, now we like to, but we're going to do the uh, schedules where we're going to predict uh, how each team's going to do to wrap up the show. But before we do that, we're going to bring back an old <laughs> segment from last year called the Roster Game. Uh, you're going to give me a random number, and I'm going to ask you an arbitrary player on your team, and you're going to tell me everything you know about that player. Uh, it will probably be an obscure player on your team's roster. So we're really testing your knowledge about the, you know, the, the deeper section of your team. So let's start with the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Um, give me a number. 54. Okay. Who is Chichi Araguzo? <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah. Wow. Great. <laughs> By the way, I, 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 last year this was legitimate, and now I just picked the best name on the roster, no matter what number you say. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, he doesn't even have a number. Chichi Araguzo. Do you know nothing about him? Uh, no, actually, I mean, I, I'm aware of his existence. That's good. He is a linebacker <laughs> for the Lions, uh, but he's it's, like a, he's... it's like a theological thing. I'm aware of that. <laughs> yeah. I know he exists. He is a yeah. linebacker. Uh, he, he's not making the lo- making the roster. Well, he doesn't uh, have a number on the official team website. Right. That's not a great sign. <laughs> not a good sign. <laughs> he's not making the roster. Went, I mean, I mean he, you know what, our linebacking you know core isn't even very good. Like, like our linebacking no. core, especially if DeAndre Levy is – hurt significantly is is probably the weak point of the defense mm-hmm. no he's not making the team so <laughs> okay maybe he'll get a number before they cut he, he's, he's got a great name you know one of the things the best things about the lions they have some of the greatest names in the league mm-hmm. so golden tate darius right. slay ezekiel and they have some of the greatest names in the league all right uh, alex uh the minnesota vikings give me a number no, because you're just going to give their backup long snapper like you did last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, number 21. Yeah, last Favorite year he number. did KG. get a long snapper, but it wasn't the, the main long snapper who actually made No, but then he became the main long snapper because the long snapper got cut at the end of a uh, preseason. All right, Michael Pruitt. Oh, so I know Pruitt because he's like a guy who's actually been on the team for a while. He's like a backup tight end who plays sometimes. Okay, anything else about him? You know his favorite color or like what college he went to? His college, I would guess he went to one of those, like, uh, I don't even know what the conference is called, like the, the Ohio Valley Conference. All right, you're just making stuff up. Okay. Uh, the, pa- the Packers, uh, give me a number, Packers fan. 22. Who's Herb Walters? Herb Waters. And what do you know about Herb <laughs> Waters? He's, like a team lawyer. He's, he's like the radio announcer, probably. <laughs> Uh, Herb, Herb Waters, Waters, I mean, while I know that he's not doing much in camp, I know that he's from Miami, he's mm-hmm. not going to make the roster, the wide receiver okay. group's too deep, and that's all you need to know. What do you suggest he does after he's no longer an NFL player in three weeks? Uh, he could sell cheese curds, I mean, yes. he's up in Green Bay, that'll work. Well, I feel like he might move back to Miami, because most players do. No, 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 no. He's no. a Miami wide receiver named Herb. Yeah. Just, I'm yeah. just I saying. I think we know what he's going to be doing. <laughs> just exactly. saying. His parents, na- his parents named him, you know, it's Steven. Um, okay, this is going swimmingly. And who, I haven't asked, who haven't asked, the, the Bears yet. Ari Gleischer. I yeah. Feel like there's uh, a reason why this segment was so wildly popular last year. Uh, give me a number. Uh, six for Cutler. Uh, who's Jared Grace? Um, an actor. 
I don't. I don't know Jerry Grace. He's on your team. Why? Why are you our Bears fan if you don't know Jerry? He's Grace? from Notre Dame. He got a you tryout just, with the Bears. You just googled, I him. Just googled him. You just googled yeah, him. but he literally just got. He got a tryout in May. Yeah, exactly. He got a tryout in May. What are you? What are, I'm, not, I'm supposed to know Jerry Grace? I, I feel Ari, Ari, better. Number six. You have only yourself to blame. <laughs> I feel better about not knowing that, that Jared a, Grace. Is that against the rules, yeah. Chester? What? Googling, we have. To we didn't do clear. this when I was on last time, yeah. so uh, I, oh, I you didn't must know have been like I didn't start it till a few fans in, so I think you were the first one or the yeah. Because last year we did from we did our power rankings. Oh, that's right. So the Bears were probably yeah. like thirty three. We were pretty we were, early. We Alabama thirty two, <laughs> and then um, all right, Alabama's let's, let's tough this year. All right, let's do the predictions because this is running long. I think we're going to do something different this time. Yeah. So last year, of course, we had we had every player do, you know, go through the schedule and every fan and say if his team was going to win or lose. And the problem was that our league as a whole was like 150 games over 500. So so this year, the way we're doing it is we're going to have the fan of uh, the rival team, the team that's uh, trying to surpass you. We're going to have them pick. And again, we're not saying what you hope, obviously, because you hope the other team loses every game. But we're saying, honestly, what you think. Uh, we did this for the AFC East, and uh, the division ended 500 overall, an 11 and 5 team, two 8 and 8 teams, and a 5 and 11 team. So pretty, pretty even, pretty balanced. So why don't we start with who we're going to start with, Akiva? This doesn't uh, end well for the Lions. Yeah. All right. So fine. We'll start with the Lions. And uh, yeah. Gleischer, you're going to pick because uh, you guys finished behind them in the schedule last all year. All right. So so we're going to go through the Lions schedule, and you tell us a uh, win or a loss each game. And then uh, loss. Case, you, you, you just just loss. <laughs> a lot of losses. Oh, I, I'm That's looking at the schedule now. All right. I'll look at it. I'll try to do it fairly. But man, I mean, the Lions all suck. Right. So week one at Indy, Andrew Luck probably healthy. Is that a win or a loss? It, it's a loss. It's right. a loss, but I could see the Lions winning that and then blowing something like really easy later. Okay, so really easy. Possibly week two, they come home. They're facing Tennessee. They're going to be one and one after those games somehow. Oh, I could. Yeah. I love seeing the one and zero Lions and just get mauled by this horrible Titans team. All right, so they're going one and one against the uh, AFC South to start the year. Then they uh, go on the road at Green Bay. That's a loss. At Chicago. That's also a loss. All right, that could be a close game. All right, so they're one and three. They come back home to face the Eagles. That is going to be a win. All right. And then they try and get to 500 at home against the Rams. A loss. They are going to lose to the LA Rams. All right. So they dropped to two and four. And then they are playing the the reigning division champions of the NFC East, Washington. Here's where it turns. They lose again. So so if they're two and five, that's bad. Because now they go on a two-game road trip at Houston and at the Vikings. I could see them beating Houston. I'm going to say beating oh, wow. Houston and then upset. Oh, wow. I'm okay, just, so, uh, I mean, okay, they're not so better than five. Houston, but it's the NFL. There's variance. Okay, so three and five, and then at the Vikings. <laughs> they're going to lose to the Vikings. The Vikings okay, are so good. Three, Vikings are okay, really so good. Three and six going into the bye. You know, better than they were last year going into the bye. And now uh, they come out of the bye at home against Jacksonville. It's a winnable game. I'll give them that win. All right, and then the Thanksgiving early game, which is where you always put Detroit because no one wants to see him on prime, on prime time. This is the game when people are still cooking. We usually. always uh, win on Thanksgiving, so this better be a win. <laughs> that yeah. hasn't been true for a long time. All right, so uh, you, that's uh, that's against the Vikings again. At home, I think that's like the. I think that's the Vikings D coming out party. I feel like they get like they get like three returns for touchdowns or something crazy, and everyone okay, so realizes how good they are. Now you're four and seven. Season spirally out of control into December. You go at New Orleans. That's a loss. 
All right, four Jim and Caldwell eight. gets fired right here. <laughs> Caldwell, Caldwell. Yeah, yeah, I could see interim coach uh, Jim Bob Cooter leading them into. They got okay. the Bears at home. Yeah, and what happens if the they switch the coach? I think they would win, but I'm going to take a loss for the Lions. <laughs> uh, so the Bears are sweeping the Lions. Lions are up to four and nine. I think the Lions the are going years. to do bad. Yes, I think the I think the Lions are really bad. This is right, about the Bears because now they go at. Well, the Giants are a very overrated team, but at New York, they will beat the Giants. Okay, so oh wow, so in New York they get a big win. That's their fifth win, and then the rest of the league. Uh, Christmas is on a Sunday this year, so most of the league is playing on Saturday, Christmas Eve. <laughs> But the uh, the Lions Man. at the Cowboys Monday Night Football in Week 16 that is a must miss. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys are going to win and nobody will watch that game. Cause that's even post is that post fantasy or is that a fantasy title game? No, that's Week 16 is, fantasy. Title oh, game. so Romo, are there any are there any players? I guess. I mean, if I guess if Romo had Des a good Bryan. enough year, Des, Des Bryant, Bryan, okay, yeah. Calvin Johnson, someone left him on their team. Yeah. They're not in it. <laughs> All right, okay, yeah, they're not playing in a fantasy championship then. They have on their team. Later. <laughs> All right, so they're five and ten. They finished the season at home against Green Bay. Yeah, that's a, another loss, or maybe right, so. a win because Green Bay is rest. No, Minnesota's good. So a lion, a lion, uh, win, uh, loss right there. Okay, so Case, you said you thought this was an eight or nine win team. Uh, Ari's giving you five wins this year. How do you feel about that? It. it what am I? You know, I, I'm used to it. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what everyone thinks about the Lions, uh, who who isn't aware of what's going on with the Lions. I don't see the Lions as worse than last year, unless injuries are a, big, a significant factor. And uh, considering that the schedule is theoretically easier, that's why I say eight or nine wins. So. All right, well, we'll give you a chance for revenge, although not against the Bears. We're going to have you uh, give us the uh, Packers schedule now. Are you ready for that? Well, unfortunately, it's not going to be good revenge because I like the Packers <laughs> this year. But uh, I don't like the Packers, but, I'll, you know. <laughs> so let's go. All right, sorry. I got I had to get the Packers schedule up. I, heard, I thought I had uh, an intruder in the house. I had to go shoot them. But turns out I don't have a gun, and it was just my wife. You're um, in Florida right now. You're allowed to shoot him. I know. I'm commi- including your wife. <laughs> <laughs> that would make recording the podcast the next month much easier. I'm just, I'm just saying. Hey, man, I understand. <laughs> I'll edit that out of the yeah, podcast. Please. Yeah, please. Okay. Um, all right. Akiva's wife is a big listener. Um, all right. Okay. So, Case, the Packers open up in Jacksonville. Win or loss? I'm, I'm giving him a win. Okay. And then in Minnesota, divisional game the next week. I'm giving week, Sunday them Night a loss in Minnesota. Uh, then that's the grand opening of the new stadium on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I'm giving them a loss there. And then their home opener, not till September 25th, uh, hosting your beloved Lions. I'm gonna give them a win, and I hate that, but uh, I'm not so convinced. <laughs> now, now that we've broken the curse, like it's not so easy. Like it's not so easy to say automatic, you know, win. So, all right, so they're two and one. They have a bye, much needed bye in September, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they host uh, the they they. It's a four game homestand, mm-hmm. five weeks if you include the bye. So they host the Giants on Sunday Night Football. I think they're going to beat the Giants. So okay, uh, and then they host uh, another big prime t- not prime time but certainly a national game, Dallas at Green Bay the next week. I think they'll beat Dallas. All right, and then this insane homestand continues a few days later, Thursday Night Football. They host the Bears. I think they'll beat the Bears. Fun. That October 30th game is in Atlanta. Yeah. 
<laughs> I really, this is awful that you guys are making me do this, but I think they're <laughs> beating the Falcons there too. So, okay, uh, back home hosting Andrew Luck and the Colts the next week. Yeah, I think they'll beat the Colts seven and one. Yeah, yeah. so that, I, that, well, like I said, this is really awful that you guys are making me do Jer- this. this. Jeremy's not loving like, this. I, I like how this is shaking <laughs> this out. Is not, this is rolling. not fun for me. <laughs> Three game road trip. So it starts off in Tennessee. Yeah, I don't see them losing Tennessee. Okay, so uh, that's eight and one. Then another Sunday night game uh, in Washington. I'm gonna say that finally where they drop one. But if you're if you're talking to me right before that game happens mm. and I'm betting significant money on it. Maybe mm-hmm. not, but I'm saying right now that you know, it. Uh, odds they are they will lose one of these road games, and so I guess that's you know. So I'm saying okay. a loss so there, but so that's eight and two, and then the three game road trip ends with a, another primetime game, a Monday night game in Philly. And I'm saying they're winning there because I don't think Philly's right. awful. But nine and two, go home. They come home for Houston. I actually think Houston is a team that's built really well to deal with Green Bay, and so I'm going to give Houston the, the win there, despite the right, fact so that I don't a think their offense loss is in fantastic. But. Nine and three, and then a, a big game the next week, uh, uh, Green Bay hosting the Seahawks. Oh, I think I, I'm going to give them a loss there too because I think the Seahawks are uh, a vaguely improved team this year. Not, uh, I think they're, they they lost something on defense, but they're gaining a lot on offense this year. Um, okay, and then uh, at Chicago? Yeah, that's a win. Hosting the Vikings? Yeah, and this could be to clinch the division if they're 10-4 and four at that point. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to win it. Okay, and then uh, 2017 already. You're... Detroit Lions to close the season. If the if they're if the Packers are already playing, you know, assuming they're they've won the division, which I think they probably will be at that point, I think the Lions can come away with that one. Uh, I don't think that means the Lions will make the playoffs, but okay. All right, so you have the Packers at eleven and five. That uh, that puts some pressure on the Vikings if they want to repeat as division champions. And uh, unfortunately, I have to ask Jeremy, a uh, Packers fan, to pick the Vikings <laughs> schedule, which. Which is not great, but that's how we're doing it this year. So, so Jeremy, uh, let me know. The Vikings start the season uh, uh, at Tennessee. Is that a win or a loss for the Vikings? That's a, that's a win. That's definitely. All right, a then win. they come home, as we said, Sunday night football. They open their brand new stadium against the Packers. Right, big big opening of the stadium. It's going to be loud. I think they beat the Packers in Minnesota. All right, uh, two and zero. Then they go at Carolina, reigning NFC champions. I think they take a loss to the to the Panthers. All right, two and one. They come home Monday night football against the Giants. Uh, I think I think they beat the Giants. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, you should see there. Eli's historic numbers against the Vikings. They're really, really bad. <laughs> Other than that one game we played in Detroit the year when when the Metronome collapsed. <laughs> anyway, all right. Beautiful. So three and one. Yeah, <laughs> they stay at home and uh, they're facing Houston. Uh, I'm gonna give them a loss to Houston. Uh, I guess we'll see what Brock Osweiler, Osweiler looks like when the season actually starts. But all right, so like, three like that. Three and two headed into another early bye. Uh, both the Vikings and the Packers have that early bye this year. So three and two, they come out of the bye and they go at Philadelphia. It's a win. And then they go Monday Night Football. They play the Bears in Chicago. Uh, I mean, it's Monday Night in Chicago, but I'm still going to give Minnesota the win. Yeah. Okay. And now they come back home and they uh, they face the Lions. Yep. Okay. Then they go at Washington. I think they lose in Washington. Boys, the Washington beating the Vikings and the. Uh, 
Packers. That would be hey, weird. Weird things happen, man. Yeah. Oh, for sure. All right. Okay. So uh, now the Vikings at home against Arizona. This is a uh, a regular Sunday 1 p.m. game unless it gets flexed. Uh, unlike last year's uh, crazy Thursday night game they played. I think they're going to lose, and I think they're going to get spanked. Oh wow. So this will be sort of like the game against Seattle last year at home, which they lost at that point in the year, and things looked really bad, and then they turned around. All right, so Vikings at 6-4, and four, uh, and then they go at Detroit on uh, Thanksgiving, as we said, the early game. Right, and that I'm going to give them a loss. Ooh. So yep. Vikings all of a sudden spiraling 6-5, and five, and then they play on Thursday night again the next week. This one's at home against the Cowboys. I think they're going to take that. All right, so 7-5. and five. Then they face Jacksonville on 10 days rest in Jacksonville the next week. That's another W. All right, 8-5. and five. They come back home. And they're facing the Colts. I'm reluctant to give them the win just because of Andrew Luck, but uh, I, I feel like I want. I, I just, I just kind of want to. So I'm going to give them a W there. All right. So now they're nine and five. We said the Packers might be like ten and four, something like that. And the Vikings won the earlier game. So in Green Bay, and the winner of this game uh, would uh, have a stranglehold on the division. The Packers take it. Okay. And so the Packers clinch the division. The Vikings drop to nine and six, and then they finish season at home against Chicago, and what's probably a must-win to make the playoffs, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I'm going to say they're going to beat the Bears. So, all right. So we have the we have the Packers and Vikings switching uh, from last year, eleven and five, ten and six. With the Packers winning the division, the Vikings at second. Uh, maybe may or may not be in a wild card. We'll see. Uh, Akiva, you have to ask me now to pick the Bears schedule. <laughs> okay, let's do this rapid fire because uh, you know Gleisher yeah. cares, but not many other people do. All right, uh, <laughs> Ch- Chicago at Houston in a game that the NFL asked if they could move. To like uh, you know CBS Sports Network or something like you know off off right. mainstream television. Yeah, no, I'll say that's a loss. Okay, zero and one. Uh, then they uh, host the Eagles on uh, the you know the Mercy Monday Night Football game. They get one of every year. Yeah, I'll give them a win. I don't I don't like either one of those right. too much. Uh, Chicago at Dallas. Ooh, a lot of primetime games for the Bears. I'm not sure the NFL realizes how boring they are. <laughs> Pay attention yeah. to their schedule. It'll get interesting. <laughs> yeah, they got four of them. Uh, this crazy. one's in Dallas. I, not, but, but, Tony Tony Romo's still healthy, I assume, so I'll say that's a loss. Okay. Uh, hosting Detroit. All right, I think they got to win there. Get back to two and two. In Indy. I like that you keep track of the record. I think all listeners oh, from that one should keep track of the record. Because <laughs> I, I, I never know, and sometimes I have to IM Chester and say, what's this record? Yeah. Is it- Look, I'm really not high on the Colts. I think that... You know, as you like to say, two to fifty-three. Yeah, they Ryan suck. Grigson has put two, two to fifty-three. They're team. awful. It's Andrew Luck and a bad team. Yeah, yeah but um, the Bears aren't much better. No, and, um, the Bears yeah. are zero to fifty-three. They're bad. Yeah, with the Bears secondary, Andrew Luck should have four hundred yards. So I'll say it's a okay. loss. Uh, and then they uh, host the rejuvenated Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I don't know. Jags getting a lot of hype. We haven't uh, we haven't previewed them yet. No. Brought on our guests for the Jaguars, but um, we, have to, we now, still have to find the, the Jaguars fan. Let's you know. Yeah. Well, we uh, hey, no hate on Alvin. He was great last Alvin year. Was All right, good. so um. I will say um, I'll give the Bears some hope. I'll say they win and they get up to three. All right, three. short week in Lambeau. Thursday night football. This is when things get bad. That's a really tough quickly. schedule. Uh, yeah, that's a loss. Three and four. I would like bring your backup. I would bring like your Logan Verrett. You know, your six starter. Don't even bring color. <laughs> then they have ten days off because they don't play again until Monday night football the next week. Yeah, and there's nothing Monday Night Football likes more than, or and Sunday Night Football, than having games on Halloween so they can show all the fans all dressed up. You know? Oh yeah, yes. yeah. But um, yeah, this is another loss for the Bears. They're gonna lose at home Monday. to the, your beloved Vikings. Gonna be in a lot of rest. Three and, and five. They're, they're yeah. Then they get a lot a lot of rest. What you know, one game in 24 days. So then they they go to James Winston, who if you haven't been listening has uh, been showing up before the coach every day. Big news. <laughs> yeah, and this is when it continues to spiral. They lose their job to three and six. Ooh, at this point, Gleisher is pretty much uh, 
you know. Well, I'm probably okay because they probably will beat Tampa. And if they don't beat Tampa, then you're right. Then it's time to stop watching every day and move on. <laughs> yeah. All right, so they go to the Giants. Who knows? The Giants, one of the hardest teams to predict where they'll be. Yeah, but again, the Bears secondary is so bad. Yeah, a new coach Odell also. Be- Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have 175 yards. Yeah, new coach. Uh, I really like McAdoo. Spoiler alert for our uh, – we haven't done NFC East yet, right? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't pay right. attention. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> then they host Mariota and the Titans. So this is where they're three and seven, and Gleisher's given up, and now they start screwing with their uh, with their possible draft. Yeah, pick. you don't want to you don't want to be Tennessee. able to replace Cutler. So let's win some games. <laughs> yeah, four and seven. <laughs> yeah, so they, host the, they host the Niners. Uh, let's get a win streak going. They beat the Niners five and seven. Okay, at Detroit, I, I assume that the Bears and Detroit are going to split. They usually play you know pretty close games, but for the sake of uh, pissing off both fan bases at once, I'll say the Bears win this one against five and seven. We okay. beat them six <laughs> times in a row now. <laughs> oh really? Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. Oh, I, I, I thought they split every year. No, we beat like them six the times in a row now. Oh, wow. <laughs> do what you got to do. I honestly had no idea that you guys won six times in a row either. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's wa- he I've been the watching games. the games. I watch the games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they host Green Bay and watch. Yeah, so they're three and seven. They host Green and Bay. And now I'm going to start watching again. That's a it's loss, high- right? This is this is like what the Lions did last year, where the Lions all of a sudden looked like they had if they would win out, they had a nuts yeah. chance. So the now they so host yeah, Green Bay. They could get to nine and seven. They could. I don't think nine spot. and seven can't do it in the NFC. Yeah, Not with uh, the the Vikings. Said. Oh please, they, they haven't played a game yet. Who knows? All right, ju- ju- just just to tease Gleisher, I'm going to say that they beat the Packers to get to seven and seven. And then they host Washington. Well, I think everyone's had them lose the Washington. All right, so now they're seven and seven. They've won four in a row. Now they're favored against the Redskins at home. Yeah. And I say that they are leading 24 nothing at halftime, and they yeah. lose 27-20. Oh, what a terrible Christmas Eve that is. <laughs> no, that sounds right. I'm, I'm on board with this so far. All this is, is sounding. It's, it's breaking right. <laughs> and then, and then uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, and uh, assuming the Vikings have something to play for, yeah, I think the uh, Bears get blown out. So, But I have finishing 7-9, which means that they uh, – you know, we'll yeah. draft like 14. Next year, I can get back on and we can wonder about what <laughs> we think take about another, Cutler. Like, well, we traded the like, draft. Yeah. We're going to stick with Cutler this year. We'll see how it goes. And sunrise, sunset. Um, I will I will say this, though. I actually think the Bears are going to go above 500 somehow, like 9-7 and seven with that terrible schedule. But they're not going to make the playoffs. I think Minnesota is really good and they are going to once again break Chester's heart in the playoffs in some amazing way. And I'm excited to find out how? Oh, well, I think it's going to involve yeah. Bridgewater, and I'll enjoy it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, this division, uh, a little bit of movement. We have the uh, Packers uh, jumping over the Vikings win the division. Uh, both teams winning double-digit games. And we have the uh, Lions taking a step back mm-hmm. and the Bears taking a slight step forward. Although <laughs> that might have just been me trolling him. All right, Akiva, do we, uh, is this when we uh, let our fan? We, we still don't have a name for the segment because I called it Rant Time, and you hate that. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, I don't want to get off on a rant here. <laughs> uh, Gleischer, you got 60 seconds. Or let's make it 30. Tell us uh, the player or the thing you hate most about this uh, 2016 Chicago. Okay. The, the, the lack the of a, as a, fan. a secondary. Where are the safeties? Like, I know that they're supposed to be good next year, but it'd be nice if they had, you know, NFL caliber safeties. That's all. That's all I got to say. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Case. What about you? Well, it's a little tough. Like, there's a lot of things I don't love. There aren't a lot of things I hate. Um, I hate the strong safety position, I guess. 
Um, I hate the offensive line potentially, but I don't really know. Yeah, I don't. I I wouldn't say there's a there's a single place on this team that I really hate. I just don't love the whole as a you know as it adds up. All right, Jeremy. I hate the tight end group. There's there's no excuse for having the the group where it's at. They brought in Kellen Winslow for a workout today. So, yeah. I mean, that is just terrible. And to make it matters worse, it was Kellen Winslow Sr. <laughs> <laughs> that might be better. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, Winslow was washed up when he was on the Jets in 2013. Well, he's going to be a Packer, so, you know, fear that tight end group. I mean, Jared Cook has never really proven anything in this league. He hasn't. He also hasn't really played with, with an Aaron Rodgers, but... Still, I mean, the depth there, you only have really two tight ends that you'd want to keep on your roster. Other than that, you're talking about Justin Perillo and Kennard Backman battling for that third spot, which, okay, so I see why you'd want to bring in a free agent tight end. But Kellen Winslow, I mean, the dude's been sitting around since 2012, 2013, so it just it doesn't make any sense. Jared Cook always has a two-touchdown game every year, though, and then everybody picks him up in fantasy. Yeah. Much. I, I think I think he'll have a good year. The Packers haven't been able to to uh, throw down the seam since Finley, you know, got hurt. So it'll be nice to have Cook, but at the same time, you know, that depth just really isn't there. Richard Rodgers couldn't break a tackle to save his life last year. He also couldn't make separation. So just the group, the group as a whole is just not not something to be excited about. All right, I'll ask myself. Uh, I, well, everybody knows what I'm going to play. I'm going to complain about Adrian Peterson again. Yeah, no, I just. I just, I really, I hate having to root for Adrian Peterson. Look, until 2000, you know, in 2012. To be fair, you love his off-the-field <laughs> antics. You, just, you don't like his running back. <laughs> oh, it's his parenting skills that I love. Yeah, exactly. But look, I, I, obviously I'm a hypocrite in 2012. I would have, you know, given my children, I would have let him babysit them. Um, you know, that Week 17 performance against the Packers was one of the happiest days of my life, uh, which is pretty pathetic. Um, but I, ju- I just really think that. I think he's really impeding Bridgewater's development. I hate having to root for, you know, a child abuser. I think that he, he you know, I think Jarek McKinnon is a, is a great receiver out of the backfield. And Matt Asiata is a decent short, uh, you know, short yardage guy. I think that the Vikings... If they weren't, I'm not saying you should cut Peterson, but if they could use that $12, $15 million, whatever he's making, somewhere else, I think this team could be better overall. I think that it's it's the same thing with like Ezekiel Elliott on the, on the Cowboys. In today's NFL, I just think you don't want to allocate too many resources to running back. And no, but but when you and look, look, look at like Seattle last year, you know, they were Marshawn Lynch's team. And as soon as Marshawn Lynch went down, Russell Wilson put together one of the four, you know, one of the best stretches in NFL history for four or five weeks in a row there. And they ended up, you know, number one in DVOA. I just think, I don't think you need a big time running back and you don't need a running back that you're paying, you know, seven figures to. So, um, and also again, it's just, I hate having to root for him. You know, I like to be holier than thou and make fun of people who, you know, like Cowboys fans whose whole team belongs in prison or whatever, or, <laughs> you know, and it sucks that the Vikings best player and that half our fans in the stands are wearing the jerseys of a guy who, you know, beats the crap out of his kids and, and still thinks that he was somehow wronged. So, yeah. I got your kid the Adrian Peterson jersey, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. You bought my son an Adrian Peterson jersey, and there's multiple <laughs> pictures of him wearing it on Facebook uh, prior to prior. I was to making the, a subtle the, suggestion. The coming out about him. <laughs> All right, so you know, uh, I'll get off my high horse for a second. Thanks a lot, guys, for joining us. Uh, I think you know this was a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to the NFL season, obviously, especially uh, this my my favorite division for obvious reasons. Uh, Ari, uh, thanks for joining <clears> us again. You're on Twitter at Ari Gleischer. Case. Detroit Lions podcast, uh, or go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com to uh, both hear and read mm-hmm. uh, Case 
and uh, his fellow writers over there. And uh, Jeremy, you're at TettletownSoundOff.com. Yep. And um, on Twitter, you guys are Tettletown Sound, right? Yes, sir. No off. Um, and Jeremy's at TTSO underscore Jeremy. Although I, I am anti underscore on Twitter. Oh, come on now. No, I feel like yes. I feel like uh, you could. It's confusing because you don't always see it. Yeah, like if it's. If I don't the whole like thing is finding a, the underscore button. To be honest, you know, I wouldn't. I would. I, I probably wouldn't have gone with the underscore, but I don't think that the, that the name was available without the underscore. Also, Titletown Sound is the the Twitter handle because it doesn't give you that many letters, so I couldn't do. Titletown yeah, you don't want to waste the off. Yeah, right. gotta save those. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. Uh, by the way, Akiva, talking about uh, people's names being unavailable on Twitter. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm uh, having a communication with uh, with Kiva on Twitter. I have tweeted at her. She totally ignores me. So Akiva is a KEV26 on Twitter, and he asked me to get him Kiev for his birthday. So I've been bothering uh, Kiev, the Kiev without the 26 on Twitter. But uh, the person set up the account before Akiva and then seemed to have just disappeared. So Akiva, you're going to be stuck with that 26 for a while, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so guys, thanks again for joining us. Uh, terrible luck to all your teams this year, uh, especially uh, when you play the Vikings. And actually, uh, I'll retract that. Uh, good luck to the Bears and Lions when you play the Packers. And uh, Jeremy, bad luck to your team every single week. Yeah, well, you got to hate, man. It's, yeah, it well, you know what? what what's going to happen is the Lions are going to somehow end up winning this division. We're all going to look like I hope so. so. <laughs> I, feel- I don't think any of us could really be mad if that happened. It'd just be ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we will be back in a couple of days with uh, to preview some more uh, NFL teams. So, thanks a lot. All right. Bye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.